0: Well, welcome to week 2 of our unforgettable summer. I appreciate you being here. Last weekend, we kicked off this series by looking at some of the unforgettable life lessons that God has allowed me to engage down through the years that have literally transformed the way I ultimately live, love and lead. Unforgettable life lessons, and I'm I'm drawing these lessons from a story that Jesus told called the parable of the talents, a talent is a form of money, and he told a story about a ruler who had great wealth and had servants who had nothing, and when a ruler decided to take off, he he gave some of the wealth to three servants. He gave five talents and two talents and one talent to three different guys, and then he went away, and he said, just manage my business manage my business when I'm gone and I'll come back and see how you did he didn't tell them what to do he didn't tell them how to do it they had never obviously been in a position like this before but two of the guys stepped into it learned what they had to learn and became what they had to become and they literally doubled the part of the business that he gave them And he came back and he says, man, that's awesome, well done, I'm going to even give you greater responsibility, she fulfilled everything I expected, then he says, come and share my happiness, I mean, it was a brilliant thing, and then the one, the last one, did nothing, he literally just dug a hole in the ground and put the resources in there, and he just decided to do nothing, And when the ruler came back, he was extremely disappointed, took everything away from that guy, and the consequences were just all loss in that guy's life. And from this parable, I'm just telling you, there are so many lessons that we can draw for living our lives, for us to become what God wants us to become, for us to fulfill the potential that we've been given to seize the opportunities that we have in this life instead of failing like the third guy did. Last week we looked in part one at this life lesson that I've learned. Pay now, play later. Pay now, play later. A huge principle, and if you didn't get to hear the talk, get online, northridgechurch.com, and we do on-demand talks for free. You can just check it out and grow. This week, part two, is growth precedes impact. I mean, this is an unforgettable life lesson that has literally transformed the way I live my life. Growth precedes impact. You see, the first two guys, the two that had the ruler, who is really representative of God, say, well done, you did great, I'm going to even increase your responsibility, come and share my happiness. Those two guys grew. I mean, they made the investment. They stepped through their fears and through their doubts and through their uncertainties. They they discovered what they were supposed to do because he didn't tell them how to go about doing it. And they managed his business. And the result? Huge impact. They made a difference. The consequences were great. But the third guy, the failure, never grew. Growth precedes impact. He had no impact because he didn't grow. Think about it. He stayed in his comfort zone. I mean, he literally lived in his little box. He never tried anything new. He didn't even take the obvious and easy first step. Remember, he never had resources before. He'd never been managing a business before. But he could have at least stepped into a place where he could have put it on deposit for some interest in in our lingo. I mean, he had never been to a bank before. He'd never had an account before. He didn't have anything, but all of a sudden he has them. At least he could have taken that step, right? Step out of your box a little bit and invest it in a deposit. And that's what his his master said, his ruler said. And because he was unwilling to grow even a little bit, taking even a new first step of any kind, it led to huge failure. The impact of his life was zero, and he experienced nothing but failure and loss, and what we need to understand is that it works the same way for us in every area of life, I mean just think about it, in every area, relationships are this way, relationships are the currency of life, God made it clear that it's not good that we be alone, and yet so many people are lonely, even in the context of a crowd, even in the context of relationships, we fail in relationships, and we're experiencing loss, and the reason is because we're not growing, Growing in our knowledge and understanding of relationships precedes the experience we have the potential to have of successful relationships. But most of us don't. Too many people stop growing. I mean, when people are dating in that kind of a relationship, they tend to be growing. They get to know each other's interests and each other's likes. Oh, you don't like that? Oh, I'll never do that again. Oh, you like that? Ooh, baby, I'm going to do that next time. And we learn. But you know what happens when the relationship gets to a certain place? We stop growing. He said, I do. Done. And it's downhill from there. The same thing happens in our business relationships. You know, at the beginning stages, we're figuring, oh, my boss likes that. Oh, this employee is this way. And they respond to this motivation. They don't respond to this motivation. And we go, but then all of a sudden, we just get lethargic in the thing and we stop growing. And what happens? We're done. Because growth precedes impact, it's a huge issue. Our our relationships fail because too many of us stop growing. And it's not just relationships, it's true in our professions. I I learned this lesson. Growth precedes impact. And I I started seeing how it plays out in what God's called me to do. Uh, Growing personally has to come before any impact I'm going to have vocationally. Personal growth precedes professional impact. I mean, think about this. In my life, if I'm not growing as a leader, I become the greatest obstacle to the success of this ministry. I become a ceiling to where it can go it can have all the potential in the world but because I have a leadership position here because I am a senior leader here what happens is I can keep it from its potential I can keep it from becoming because I'm not growing if this ministry has the opportunity to be a 10 on a scale of 10 and I've only grown to be a leader at the at the level of three I've just killed the opportunity for this organization personal growth precedes professional impact and I believe so many of our careers are not fulfilling their potential. so many of our lives are not impacting in the world of the marketplace as much as they ought to because we're just okay with not growing I've realized along the way that I can have the most talented team of leaders and we have been gifted great leaders here at Northridge I can be given the most talented team of leaders and they won't be able to lead effectively if I'm not growing. Because if I'm not growing, I keep them from growing. Personal growth precedes professional impact. I, I, I think it's great when you look through history, you can see this play out time and time and time again. And I know we're in a very politically divided world, but most of us, no matter where we're at on the spectrum politically, can look back to our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, and say, he was pretty good. A lot of people think he was the greatest president in the country whether that's true or not. He most people say he was a pretty great president. There was a critic that he had, a guy named Horace Greeley didn't say a lot of favorable things about Abraham Lincoln but but he wrote this. He was not born king of men but a child of common people who made himself ultimately a great persuader therefore a leader and he did it by dint of firm resolve Can you imagine living in a world where the word dint is actually used? By dint of firm resolve, patient effort, and dogged perseverance, he slowly won his way to eminence and fame by doing the work that lay next to him, doing it with all his growing might, doing it as well as he could, and learning by his failure, when failure was encountered, how to do it better. He was open to all impressions and influences and gladly profited by the teachings of events and circumstances no matter how adverse or how unwelcome. And then listen to this sentence. And this was from a critic. There was probably no year of his life when he was not a wiser, cooler, and better man than he had been the year preceding. No wonder he made an impact. No wonder he's so widely revered. This is a man who understood that if he wasn't growing personally, he'd never create a professional impact. But because he did, he continued to move forward. And I, I have been so impacted by this unforgettable life lesson. I don't want to, I don't want to leave potential untapped I don't want to waste opportunities I don't want to hinder other people from becoming because I'm not growing and and so this idea of Abraham Lincoln's really impacted me I actually got that Horace Greeley quote on a desk plaque and I've had it there for about two decades because every day I want to keep growing as a leader so that I can be impacting people's lives Abraham Lincoln means so much to me that I have a big picture of him in my home office and the reason he means a lot to me he's not my spiritual mentor my spiritual leader he's someone that kept growing and that's what I want to do because growth precedes impact how about you? If you're finding that your life's really not making a difference, and I'll be honest, not everybody wants to be on a platform, not everybody wants a huge stage, not everybody wants to be known not everybody wants to be some great leader, but every single human being alive wants to make a difference. You don't want to live and die and have nothing and no one different for you having been here. You want to make an impact, and so few are. This is why there's so much despair and so much feeling of insignificance and so much insecurity and the, the idea of, of worthlessness in the world because we're not making a difference. And the reason is we're not growing. And so I've just determined I want to keep growing. I want to keep growing. And I don't do it perfectly and I'm flawed and I've gone through seasons where I don't. But because I want to keep growing, I've, I've found some principles that work for me and I, I just want to share them with you because you too can make a huge impact in your life if you grow. I have found that to keep growing in my life, I have to keep trying new things. Now, there's a reason people aren't growing. You have to try new things. The exact thing most people don't want to do. And think about the story of the talents, the parable of the talents Jesus told. Two guys, they had no instructions. They had never done this before. They were given this lump of resources, and they had to figure out how to manage it to success. And they did it. How? They grew. They did something new. They tried a new thing. But the failure, he refused. Uh, the only thing I know is my backyard and I'm going to dig a hole and I'm going to you know, put this there and I'll just keep it. He didn't try a new thing. He didn't grow. When you keep trying new things, when you keep doing new things, when you go to new places, when you engage new people, you grow. When you don't, you don't. I've said it a bunch of times, and it's a cute little trite cliche in sound, but it really has a lot of gravitas to it when you think about it. If we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we always got. If you're going to grow, it requires trying new things. Trying new things helps us get out of the box that we've been in, the limitations that we've had. It helps us to see and to think and to experience things differently. In fact, did you know trying new things is one of the keys to creativity? I mean, have you ever noticed how creative kids are? I mean, little kids, little kids. In fact, if you get in a room of little kindergartners and you go, how many of you are creative? How many of you are artists? Every one of them goes, me. And then you look at their drawings and you go, you know? But they think they're creative. You know, by the end of elementary school, when you say, how many of you are creative? How many of you are artists? You know how many raise their hand? Very few. Why is that? Think about little kids. They're always trying new things. Hey, that walking thing looks pretty cool. Hey, words sound pretty cool. Our kids were really doing new things all the time. One of our kids one time took a red crayon and drew a life-size picture of some kind of space alien on the wall of our home, trying new things. Very creative. We got creative in how we disciplined them, too. That was creative. But kids try new things. They're creative, but then... As peer pressure starts growing, as it starts being a risk to step out and do that, as people start judging their creativity, you know what they do? They stop trying new things and they stop being creative. You know what happens? We stop growing. Growing precedes impact. We've got to grow. We've got to step out of our box. I, I, I saw an illustration of this one time. I didn't make this up. I saw it. It's a puzzle. And I'm actually going to have you do it. Now... That's a bit of a stretch because three of you will probably do it with me. But we've given you a blank in your programs. In the program we gave you, there's a kind of a blank outline in there on the back of the front page. And I want to encourage you to take that out and get a pen or a crayon or maybe a red crayon. I don't know, but get something. And I want you to join me in this. The puzzle that I'm about to get you to participate in is one that when I was showed it early on in my life, I could not do it. Here's your challenge prove you're smarter than me, all right? (laughs) Prove it. Let's do this. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to, even if you went to Michigan State, I'm going to ask you to try this. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to uh, ask you to draw a rectangle. A rectangle. And in the middle of the rectangle, I'm going to ask you to do three sets of three dots inside. Three sets of three dots. Okay? Now, you have to connect all these dots. This is not like the game you've played before where you draw a thin line and you do it and you're competing. You have to connect all the dots on your own. But before you get started, two rules. Only two rules. Only two. The first rule is you have only four straight lines. You can only draw four straight lines. That's all you can draw. Four straight lines. And someone in one of the services said, can we retrace backward and not count and come down? No, that's called cheating. All right? Four straight lines. And the second rule, you can't lift your pen or pencil or crayon from the paper. Four straight lines. Can't lift your pen from the paper. Connect every dot. I'm actually going to give you a couple of seconds to do this to prove how smart you are. Go at it. Now, while you're doing that, because I know many of you aren't doing it, uh, I'm going to kind of talk as well so you'd be figuring this thing out and I I I mentioned a minute ago Michigan State and Michigan State's been on my mind uh, this weekend because um, well no one from Michigan State's figured out this puzzle yet that's one of the reasons but there's more than that Uh, I met a gal before the first weekend service and she was wearing state hat and, and I've known her, she's a wonderful, well she was a wonderful, wonderful young lady and she went to minister here, I got to go to Israel with her last year with the team and, and she chose when she graduated from high school to go to state, that's why she was a wonderful person and uh, no she's not and I saw her for the first time, she's finished her first year and she came and she, she said I'm going to disappoint you greatly and... I said, why? And she goes, because I enjoyed my first year at State. That was disappointing, disheartening that the devil got a hold of her life so much. But that's a whole other issue too. (laughs) Then she said, you're going to be even more disappointed because, keep trying to figure out this puzzle. She said, you're even going to be more disappointed because while at State this year, I've learned to like country music. I am just telling you. (laughs) You send your kids to Michigan State and they start living the life of a Hellion. I'm just telling you right now. But that all right. So whether you're from University of Michigan Michigan State or some other university, I'm going to show you the answer. All right? Here's the answer: one straight line, two straight lines, three straight lines, four straight lines. All right. Um uh... It's not fair. I'm just going gonna, gonna to ask you a question now. And I need you to tell me the truth. I'm going to ask how many of you solved this puzzle, having never seen it before, having never known it before. That's cheating. I mean, how many of you, first time you've ever seen it, solved this puzzle the way I just did it? Raise your hand. Have one, have one. It looks like one over here. Like maybe three out of, you know, 3,000. Okay. Very good. Um... I'm not going to ask whether you went to Michigan State or University of Michigan. I'm just not even going to ask. But the key is, congratulations, that's awesome. That's something I didn't do. I couldn't figure it out. The rest of you are like me, you couldn't figure it out. And you know why? You know why you couldn't figure it out? You would have figured it out except for one thing. You couldn't figure out how to do it staying inside the lines, right? Here's the thing. I said two rules, only two rules. Four straight lines don't lift your pen from the paper. Did I say you couldn't go out of the box? No. Here's what's happened. This is what happens to us in life. We live inside of the little boxes, the lines of our experiences, the lines of our circumstances, the lines of what we've been told and we live these small lives and we don't grow and create and move out of them because we let other people define us. The the third guy in the parable of the talents dug a hole in this ground because I don't know how to do the back. I've never done anything like this. I don't know how to invest. I don't know how to manage a business. I don't know how to put my... I'm just going to put it right here in the ground. And he never became. And many of us are doing the exact same thing. If you're going to grow which is the only way you can ultimately live a life that makes a difference, live a life of impact, fill out the potential that God has given you, seize the opportunities that are in your, your ability to seize, is by growing. And if you're going to grow, you have to try new things. You have to start going outside of the lines of the boxes that people have put around you. Try new things. I've also found that if I'm going to keep growing so I can live a life of impact, I, I, have to, I have to be willing to admit something. I have to be willing to admit that I don't know everything and that I need someone to teach me. Now that sounds really simple and it sounds really easy. It is very difficult for me to do. I mean, there's something in my psyche. It's, I've, God's helped me to break through it in the last you know, couple of decades of my life. But there's something innate in me. I just wanted to be better than everyone else. I wanted to be better than everyone else. I didn't, I didn't want to admit that I needed other people and that I wasn't smarter or better than other people. But once you become willing to admit that you don't know it all and you need someone else to teach you, that's when you start growing. There was a legendary coach in my high school, early high school years for UCLA. He, he was still the all time NCAA basketball champion coach uh, of history. His name was John Wooden. And John Wooden was an amazing coach. And listen to what he said It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Isn't that brilliant? It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. That is so true. We have to admit we don't know it all. It doesn't matter how much you've learned, there's still more to learn than you know. It doesn't matter how many experiences you've had, the box is still too, still too small. Keep trying new things, admit that you don't know it all. We've never grown enough. If I'm going to keep growing, I've learned another principle. If I'm going to keep growing, along with admitting that I don't know it all and I need other people, along with trying new things, I need to surround myself with the right kind of people. I need to surround myself with the right kind of people. People who challenge me and stretch me and motivate me to go further than I've ever gone before. People who hold me accountable uh, rather than surrounding myself with people who admire me and allow me to be comfortable where I am. Now I'll be, I'm just being honest about my, my psyche, my nature. I'd rather hang out with people that admire me, admire me, put me on a pedestal, let me be comfortable where I am, tell me I'm the greatest person in the history of the world already. You know, I mean, isn't, that's who I want to be around. Because they get me, you know. <laughs> that's kind of a joke. Uh, here's the thing. But if I'm going to keep growing... I have to be around people who stretch me and motivate me and challenge me and hold me accountable and tell me there's more potential that I'm letting, you know, not be seized if I don't keep moving forward. God even says this. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us get together and encourage each other, challenge each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If I'm going to live to the level of love I have the potential to live, I need people spurring me on, the right kind of people. If I'm going to become the person of impact that I have the potential of becoming, I need to surround myself with the right people. Look at 1 Corinthians 15:33. It says it in the opposite way. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. You see, ultimately, in the story of the parable of the talents, though we don't hear this part of the story, every single one of these guys had people around them. The failure, I guarantee you, had people around them, family and friends, people around them don't do it, man. I mean, you just bury that, put it in the ground, because if you do it, think about it. That guy's going to come back, and heads will roll. He surrounded himself with the wrong people. And many of us do the same thing, and so we don't grow. Growth precedes impact. Surround yourself with the right people, which is why we do so many things around here to connect you with other people. But then finally, if I'm going to keep growing so I can live a life of impact, I have to refuse to be satisfied with where I am. I can't become satisfied with where I am because the minute I'm satisfied with where I am, I become lethargic as long as we're breathing, God has new opportunities for us to pursue. We have more potential that needs to be developed. I, I love this saying, when you're through improving, you're through. It's so true. You might as well stop breathing. There are a lot of people who, who literally stop living long before they stop breathing because they stop growing. Growth precedes impact. Now, this principle applies to relationships. I've shown you this principle applies to Profession. I've shown you it, it applies to personal lives. But it applies to our spiritual lives big time. You see, growing spiritually, growing in our relationship with God has to happen before we're going to experience the promises of God unfolding in our life, before we're going to experience the impact of God in our life, before we're going to experience God using us to make an impact. And I know a lot of people say, man, I want, I want God to impact me. I want to, know, I want to know the transformative power of God in my life. I, I, want, I want to start experiencing God in bigger ways. Growth precedes impact. You've got to be growing spiritually for that to happen. In fact, look what the Bible says in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grow if you want to experience God's grace you want to experience Jesus you want to experience God. you've got to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ growth precedes impact even in our spiritual lives and there are tons of believers here and I know that many of you would say yeah I've experienced God's grace I've experienced Jesus forgiving me I've believed that he came and lived the life that I didn't live and I've sinned and he never did. I believe that the consequence of my sin is death. I can't know God, no life, and that Jesus never sinned, so he earned life and then he died in my place. I believe that, and I believe that he rose again so that he could give me new life, and I've received that grace. I'm a person of grace, Brad. That's great. But it's not saying become a person of grace, it's saying grow in the grace you already have. Grow in the grace. And do you know why so few believers are experiencing the impact of God's power in their life, the impact of God's promises, the impact of God's presence, the impact of God's purpose for them? Do you know why? Do you know why so few are experiencing God use them in a way that's making a difference in other people's lives in the world? It's because they're not growing. They're existing in their spiritual lives instead of growing. Grow in the grace. And you'll experience greater impact. But, of course, before you can grow in grace, you've got to, well, have grace. And there are a lot of people who've kind of been born into religion and maybe adopted religion, and it's all about the rules and the regulations and the traditions, and you're trying to earn a place in, in relationship with God, but you're never going to. You can't earn it. Look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for by grace, that's God's mercy, God's favor, God's love. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's God's gift to you. It's only something God can do for you. It's not of your works, you can't earn it because then you'd brag about it, you'd boast. And I believe there are many people here who can't grow in grace because they've yet to receive it. You've not experienced forgiveness, you're still living in the guilt of your past, you've not experienced new life, you're still trying to make something out of the one that, like me, you've destroyed it's time to choose it so before I give you the final application of this talk I uh, you just have to have grace first and so it might seem odd to you but this is the right time before I go forward people need grace and so I'm gonna pray and give you an opportunity and so would you just in this moment just for a minute just bow with me in a word of prayer and as we bow in prayer if you're a believer already I bet you there are places you're not experiencing impact in your spiritual life because you haven't been growing. You should talk to God about that. But if you've never received Jesus, this is your moment. I'm going to pray and invite you. You don't have to say it out loud, but in your heart to God to make my word yours and just say, God, I need your grace. I need you to save me. I have pushed you out of my life, lived without you, sinned against you. But I believe that, Jesus, you died to forgive me and rose to give me new life. And by faith, I'm choosing to ask you for it. Save me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed with me before I give you the final application here, I, I just really want to encourage you to let us know. One of the greatest thrills of my life is when someone tells me that they trusted Christ. And if you did, we'd love for you to know. We make it really easy for you in the programs we hand you in our live services. We have these connection cards. It's perfect. It's really easy. To tear it out. Fill it out. And on the bottom, check that circle where it says, today you prayed to receive Jesus with me. And then as you're leaving, it's so simple. We've put boxes at every one of the exits of all of our gathering places. And all you have to do is throw it in there, we'll do the rest. We have information we want to throw your way that'll help you to navigate your relationship with God in positive directions. And no responsibility to us, but it's a way that you can start moving forward. And if you're watching online, just hit the what next button and we'll do the same exact thing for you. But once you have the grace, then God says grow in it so you can experience impact. And we know you have to try new things and you have to admit you have the need and you have to surround yourself with the right people and you can't be satisfied. But, but what does it really look like? Well, let me give you a couple of suggestions. There are many, but just a couple. If you're going to grow in your spiritual relationship with Jesus, the first thing you need to do, maybe it's a new thing for you, get into the scriptures. Get into the Bible. Get into the Word. Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted the Lord is good. Now that you've tasted it, man, hunger for more and more of it. Get into the Word. Roxanne and I have had three children, and I'm just telling you, something wrong with babies. They just keep wanting milk. You know, it's like 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 6 in the morning, here, take my kids. You know, it's like, it's like crazy how much they want to eat. If you and I would get into the Bible as much as babies want milk, do you know how much we would grow? And you know what would happen? We would experience the impact of God on our lives. The problem is we don't do it. And, of course, you have to get into the Scriptures in the right way. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. We have much to say about this. But it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Isn't that an encouraging verse? Doesn't it just lift you up? And you know, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're so slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, serving, teaching, encouraging, impacting others, you instead need someone to be teaching you the very elementary truths of God. You need to learn it all over again. You need milk and not solid food. What's that passage telling us? That passage telling us that it's not enough just to get into the scriptures. You have to let the scriptures impact you. You have to start living those scriptures. And when the scriptures are being lived out in your life, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start investing in others, teaching others, supporting others, serving others. Did you know the whole point of the scripture is for God to transform us from the selfish people we are to the unselfish people that look like Jesus? Did you know the whole point of the scriptures is to move us from being those who serve ourselves to being those who serve others? Because that's what it means to follow Jesus and when you're not serving others then you've not really gotten into the scriptures you you still need to learn the elementary principles of god which gives me the second suggestion for your growth if you're going to really grow so you can experience impact in your spiritual life in your life get into the scriptures and then get into serving you've got to get into serving because it's when you start serving others that your life is changed look at how jesus says it in matthew chapter 20 verses 25 through 28 jesus called them together and said you know that the rulers of the gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them now i know that's weird language but here's the truth He's saying those who don't know God use their influence, use their gifts, use their resources simply to serve themselves. You know who that is? It's the third guy in the parable of the talents. It's the failure because he used that resource just hit it for himself. He just it was all about him. He didn't care about the ruler or anyone else. The other two guys cared about the ruler and everyone else and they didn't live for themselves. He says those who don't know God live for themselves, not so with you, Jesus says. Instead, whoever wants to become great, and those two words are important, become great, what does that mean? Whoever wants to grow into greatness, if you're going to be a person who makes an impact, who makes a great difference in other people's lives or this world, you have to grow. If you want to become great, you have to grow, and here's how, you must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave, just as Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, you have to get into the Scriptures to grow, and then you have to get into serving. Now, whenever I teach a truth, we're always looking for some creative way that we can provide you to actually go beyond simply hearing the truth and actually start applying it. And this weekend, we came up with what I think is a phenomenal idea, a great opportunity for you. We're calling it a volunteer expo. Volunteer expo, and it's exactly what it is. What we're going to do is we're giving you a chance to check out every single volunteer ministry opportunity at all of our Northridge campuses. And, and it's not just a volunteer inside the church building, but also outreach opportunities outside. I mean, every volunteer opportunity we have And it's so important that we're going to give you the last 12 minutes of the service. And by the way, for anyone that's been praying and saying, God, I'll believe in you if you see a miracle, you're seeing it today. I never stop early. Ever. Miracle. Just happened. God answered your prayer. We're going to give you the last 12 minutes or so and the kids ministry is going to keep going for the entire hour and beyond so that you can do it and we're going to allow you here in plymouth to go into the activity center and so that's on the main floor if you're in the balcony you come down it's the room right behind the auditorium and we have this whole opportunity thing to do it and you might have to work a little bit you might you know have to get in a little bit of a line it'll be worth it why because growth precedes impact and if you're going to grow you have to ultimately get into serving it is a big deal and if you're watching church online We did the same thing for you. You can do the volunteer expo, northridgechurch.com slash volunteer, and you can check it all out. And know this, because I know how the mind works. You're thinking, okay, what do they want from me this time? We don't want from you, we want for you. We don't have like all these positions that don't have anyone filling them, and we need desperately to get people there, and so we're trying to manipulate you to meet our organizational need. That's not what's going on. We have thousands of volunteers around here. It's not so that you can meet our need. It's so that we can give you an opportunity to have your need fulfilled. Because when you step into serving, your life starts changing. You start growing, and you start making a difference, which is what all of us want in this world. It's a win for you. It's a win for the church because we get to expand our impact, and it's a win for God because His mission is unleashed in this world. And so as we dismiss you to the Volunteer Expo, I don't want you to forget, all right? This week's life lesson. Growth precedes impact so here's my question are you making a positive impact in your relationships in your vocation in your life in your relationship with? are you making a positive impact and if not the solution is really obvious start growing because growth precedes impact so glad you came have fun at the volunteer expo we'll see you later